All right, guys. So this week's game is a three-person puzzle-solving adventure. And so I thought it would be fun mm-hmm. if the three of us work together as a team to try and do the intro to the episode. So I've given you some words, and all we have to do is say those words in the right order. And when we say those words in the right order, we will solve the intro together. You guys ready? Yes. Yes. All right, great. Here we go. Very good. <clears throat> we switch. Maniac. No. Okay. I got, sorry, the words I have this, are maniac the, and puzzles. Was that the right? Yeah, yeah. So don't. Don't say those words until it's the right part of the sentence. Oh, I gotta okay. wait for Maybe Matt. That was I my see bad. Matt. Maybe you I, gotta go. Yeah, Heather. Heather's gonna go. I then go you after go. Heather. Yeah, and then I'll go. That's my okay. Great. That's my window. Okay. okay, here we go. Okay. Let's just try it. We're gonna go right into it. We switch characters and solve maniac. No, no, you know. Okay, from I, human. You language. gave me puzzles. Puzzles yeah, comes before. Sol- yeah, the syntax doesn't listening. make any sense the way I said it. Yeah, you're right. No, I didn't. I was just saying the words. I wasn't processing what was being said. Let's, let's try to get it this time. Okay. Great, great. We switch. Characters and solve. Puzzles. In LucasArts Classic. Puzzles. Why would you use your word twice? Okay, sorry. We'll do this one more oh time and God. I'll read Heather's mind. We'll just do it. That'll help. I'll just I'll use my powers <laughs> not, of telepathy to not, understand what Heather wants not, me to I'm say. But I'm not I'm not asking for something that's insane. All you have to the sentence is literally written in front of you. Just say the words at the right time. Okay, we'll do it. Well, one more time. We'll do it perfectly okay, this good. time. I got it. We switch characters and solve puzzles in LucasArts Classic Maniac Mansion this week on How, How did, did this get, get- Slayed Puzzles Maniac Welcome to How Did This Get Slayed, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest horror video games of all time. I'm Sick Geiger. Wow. And I'm Hell Her Damned Candle. Wow. And I'm Matt Apadak. Ah! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hell, everyone. <laughs> Hell, everyone. And die, Bucket! <laughs> Edge of a knife. Uh, I should also, we should also note there is a scary name for our engineer uh, who does all of our theme remixes. Is we do, people always ask, who does our music? Uh, our, 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 our wonderful engineer, uh, it's courtesy of him, Demon Bryant of Frankenstein. Wow. A.K.A. Baffle Stabs. So there you go. Those are Hats off much... to Devin. For, he gave us two and one. Yeah, Devin, Devin put more effort into it. I was so <laughs> yeah, stressed it's... trying to come up with mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
What a nightmare. <laughs> Don't do it better than us, please. He's already the best part of the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, let's be honest. We're hanging on by a thread here, Dennis. <laughs> do you know how on YouTube they have those metrics that let you know when somebody stops watching a video? Yes. I'm pretty sure that after the theme song, most of the audience just clicks done and it <laughs> goes to the next <laughs> podcast. Look, uh, they're, as long as they're hitting those pre-roll ads, the bucks are still coming in. Um, guys, we have a hellish delight of a game, I would say, to discuss today. But before we do that, before we descend into gaming hell, as we always do, it is first time to spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, let us know when. Go for it. Do you guys like roguelikes? Are you roguelike guys at all? You ever mess around with those? I, I messed around with a ro- Oh, wait, shit. What, yeah, go for I, it, Gally. Who, what, go. No, 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 sure. Uh, yeah, I, I like roguelikes, okay. Uh, I often um, die a lot in them, <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry, um, Heather, what about you? I, I, uh, I also, I only, when I watch an anime that's about a roguelike, then I'll get really into roguelikes. Uh, but otherwise, I don't get into roguelikes. Got it. I, I, I bring this up because I am playing a roguelike. I do like roguelikes a lot, but this, there's a new game, Hades, that just came out. Mm. Uh, yeah, Kelly is gesturing. It's fucking great. I can, it's, it's like it, the, the elements of roguelike design that I think frustrate a lot of people, which is just, you know, you, you fall off a cliff and then you've just got to restart. And it's just based off of your own ability as a player to get further, which, you know, some people like. It's like it has... It, 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 you're 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 making progress with every run in terms of both your own ability as a player, but also your character, and also the world, like the story of the world, keeps expanding. It's it's really fucking. Uh, anyway, Hades, check it out. Yeah, uh, but hey, we should formally introduce our guest uh, from Super Brunch on TBS and the podcast Teen Creep. She's also creator of the new narrative horror podcast Exile, which is available now. Kelly Nugent is back. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Thanks for having Hi, Kelly. me. Kelly. You were nodding along when I was when I was talking or I was monologuing on Hades. Are you playing Hades? Are you messing around with I'm it? I'm about to play it because I think it also solves a problem that um I have with roguelikes in general, which is not horny enough. And like oh, yeah. Hades is extremely <laughs> horny. So it's I'm, horny as shit. I'm I'm like I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to play for sure. Yeah. What is horny about this roguelike? <laughs> oh, I think like all the character design is like very it's a lot of boobies and, and, and big old balls and stuff. Yeah, it's like a yeah, lot of big, it's in a word, the penises are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um what I, I know you uh Kelly, I know you stream. Uh, what mm -hmm. have you been streaming lately? Nonstop Dead by Daylight, dude. I've been grinding hard. Um I so basically like have decided because you know, every time you prestige your survivor characters, you get like a bloody piece of clothing. And, okay. And the goal. I haven't played it. Oh, I don't know if you would thrive playing it. To be honest, like I mm. feel like. Do you like to play multiplayer online games? No, I'm very. I don't like. Do being, you get scared? Uh, yeah, I get people? scared, and then I. Yeah, I don't like uh, when people are mean to me. Okay. Well, here's the thing. In DVD, they don't have chat, so they can't, okay. they can't talk. I mean, they can type at you, and you can see mean words said about you, but you don't hear like a nine year old like asking you what your pussy smells like. So like that's. <laughs> That's good, but it, so it's it's still like it's very chaotic. I like to right. play the game very chaotic and aggressively as a survivor, 
But most people are just like, I'm just going to sneak around and like try and hide from the killer and like fuck up a generator and then hide in a in a in a closet and then get caught and killed. Whereas I'm like racing forward and trying to like sabotage hooks before the killer can hook somebody. And like I it it doesn't go over well with strangers because people are like, what is this person doing? She's acting like very annoying and, and crazy in this game. Right. Um. But when you squat up with people that that also play that way, it's very fun. But I, I play uh, I play like fifty percent of the time alone uh, with strangers who don't appreciate my gameplay <laughs> at all. Like people are like, "What are you doing? Stop!" <laughs> are are those like so when, when you're playing online, whether you're streaming or not, is that like? Uh, are, I mean, do you gravitate towards that sort of you know uh, squad based, team based gameplay? No. Like, what are the kinds of things you like? So I used to be like you. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't like strangers on the internet. I don't want to play. I only want to, pl- I play video games to escape from people. Yes. And I was like, God forbid I have to interact with like a child on the internet. But I started playing, well, it was partially for for work because Super Punch is about a lot of more like mainstream games. And so yes. I had to start playing like Fortnite and Valorant and like those kinds of games. I still like, Fortnite and more recently Spellbreak, I still only play solo because I'm really afraid to have to partner with anybody. Like I'm like, right. look, if I die, it's only me on the line. It's not like someone in Albuquerque is gonna like be really mad at me and like dox me or something. Like I'm yeah yeah. Even even the because I you know I've barely uh, mobas. There's there's no genre that terrifies me personally more than playing mobas because I just know the the level of play is very high and those games are super yeah. competitive and there's a lo- there's a steep learning curve. So I've only messed around with Heroes of the Storm, which is kind of the dumbed down uh, Blizzard mo- moba. If people aren't familiar with it. And even in that game, like I fuck something up real bad one time, and people in the tower are like, "What are you doing? Like go no. up to the buildings!" And I was just like, "Oh no!" Oh, I just ruined I, everyone's experiences. My hands my just started attitude. shaking yeah. hearing that. Like having strangers <laughs> ask you, "Like what are you doing?" It's like I don't know. I don't like <laughs> yeah. this either. This I'm trying horrible. to learn. <laughs> so, but normally, if I'm playing video games, like I think DVD is pretty much the only game that for fun I'll play with strangers right um i my favorite type of video game is like rpgs like i'm bioware trash absolutely to wow. max like uh, yeah what are what are some like what, what what are your faves how would you rank them mass effect 2 is probably my favorite mm. um mass effect andromeda number two <laughs> no oh my god <laughs> here's i've tried i have given that game many many chances many and i've played it so many times yes I have not brought myself to finish it. I don't know. Maybe maybe the 17th time will be the charm. Um, I love RPGs. And the Mass mm-hmm. Effect series is one of those things that's just a blind spot just because of when it like came out. I just never got into it. Um, mm-hmm. So the only Mass Effect game I've played is Andromeda, and I played it for this podcast. And so it's a very it's a very strange experience to yeah. play kind of the... with Our buddy Mark Rennie was on it. He's a huge Mass Effect fan. And it, it is it is a strange experience to play like only the nadir really of the series, but yeah. you, but like the I know that they are just like so heralded for their storytelling. Yeah, and the characters and stuff. Yeah, like for sure. Have Have you played like any of the other uh, Bioware like um, fuck uh, uh yeah, mo- Dra- Dragon Age and and those ones. Most of my Bioware like I I was a like an old school like ba- like Baldur's Gate Baldur's nice. Gate two guy mm-hmm. like yeah that those are the those are the Bioware's I probably put the most time into. 
Um, but like, uh, uh, Heather, how about you? You messed around with Biowares at all? Not, nope, not, nope, no, I didn't. <laughs> what do you, I, do you, do you ever like, cause I know you're a big, you're, you're so into JRPGs, Heather. Are you someone who ever messes around with a Western RPG? I mean, um, I'm sure that if we had a list in front of us that I'd be like, oh, that one and that one there. But, um, most of my gaming inclination is Eastern games, I guess. Right. Uh, so I can't think of any off the top of my head. Like I like a Western, a Western Western, you know, like Red Dead Redemption. Uh, Red Dead. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I loved, um, uh, and I know like, so my first serious foray into uh, JRPGs was um, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I mm. fucking loved that game. And now I'm like 110% on board. And I like kind of went nuts and bought a lot of a lot of games that I have yet to play because I like to just buy games and never play them. Um, yeah. But Fire Emblem is because Fire Emblem does the thing that I like with RPGs is like, how can I get someone to like me and or fall in love with me? That's like my goal <laughs> in an RPG. So And Fire is Emblem that, is all that. That's your goal in all RPGs or just ones where that's the option? Because I feel like it, there's some wasted time in, in some of these others. If you've been I'm trying a- to do that, like. Yeah, you- I'm going to tell you right now when Bioware did uh, Anthem and right. And they were like, you can't romance anyone. I was like, do you know why people like you? <laughs> like, why would you not do that? So Skyrim. There we go. That's a, that's a Western go. RPG. Skyrim is tight as hell. Uh I I still my only focus is like getting people to fall in love with me in that game though. <laughs> unfortunately. What is your okay, so what is your romance strategy? Like do you do you just find a character that you're like uh, uh this is a life question. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like advice for yeah. you. <laughs> Asking as a married man, how do you yeah. How do you get my the, wife a virtual girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. Do you do you, what I mean by that is um how do you like? Do you are How you do just you like I like? <laughs> yes, <laughs> clearly I'm flailing. Uh, how no, do you just find a character you like in game and you respond to, or are you role playing it a little bit and being like my character in game would go after this character? Uh, do you do you, like like what is your do you ha- or, or do you just sort of kind of take it as it comes? Um, I. Uh, it depends. So it depends on like what amount of role playing that the game kind of allows you to do like within the mechanics of the game. So like, right, like Bioware games or like a lot of games where your character is making choices with other characters, if that makes sense. Um, in those games, I'm like that, like I think of that character as me and I'm like, okay, well, I think that like this character is hot and also like kind of funny and like, I really want, honestly, a big part of it also, unfortunately, is like how useful is this person? Like, mm, right? Are mm. they just kind of useless? Um, like unfor- real life. Like real life. <laughs> 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 so, like, um, for example, like for Mass Effect, I don't. I think that the romance choices in Mass Effect One are pretty dismal because, like, you can only choose like a nice but pretty boring girl or this girl who's like pretty racist against aliens or this guy that's like a toe. He's like nothing. He's like mm. a nothing person. <laughs> so, um, on like, this podcast, we call that a Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Come on guys. I'm just joshing. You. <laughs> I love, I love, I love a Nick. <laughs> we all love a Nick. 
Um, but I will say, like in games like Crusade, so I've been playing Crusader Kings three. Lately. Oh yeah, I messed around with that a little bit, uh, and then I was just like, "This is going to take over my life. I got to stop." Yeah, no, it's pretty intense. It does yes. take over your life. Um, I was like, like trying to, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to take over. Well, so I do like come up with ideas for what my character is, right? I'm like, okay, so like she came from like, um, from fucking nothing, and she's going to just tear everybody fucking down. And uh, unfortunately, that game. Okay, you know what? I was going to say that I don't think of it as me, but like I do think that if I were trying to take over the world, my first thought for like anybody that's in my way would just be a murder plot cuz like it, <laughs> if they're just it, like if they're not doing what I want them to do, I'm like, "Okay, well they they just got to go." Yes. Cuz I I want that I want that <laughs> land or I want that whatever. Um but as far as picking, I guess, yeah, it's it's someone that like I vibe, not vibe with. That makes me sound very sad, but like someone that, that my character's vibing with. Yes. You know, like, I don't know if I think they're funny or charming or like, you know, Garrus, who's like really, really good at his job, which is like being a bounty hunter sniper person. Um, I just, just about one more Crusader Kings 3 thing. Like it just, it did, there was, there is a thing where your character so like the the way you the way the game works for people who haven't played it is that you role play as a character basically for their lifespan and then when they die if you have that character mm-hmm. as an heir you take over playing as their heir. So a game can can span, you know, centuries and you're playing, you know, your your original character's grandchild at some point hmm. managing whatever remains of their empire. And so I had a thing where I was playing this this guy like the, my 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 first character was was like thriving and then he like died in old age of natural causes. And then his son was just a little like, Neh. like his son was just like, I just kept getting like, I immediately got cuckolded by one of my mares. One of my mares fucked my wife and impregnated my wife. And then I tried to throw him in prison oh and God. I failed at that. And so I was just like, this oh guy my sucks. God. wait, wait, did you say, hold on. Did you say mayor or mayor? I first mayor. heard mayor as in horse, and then I was like, oh, there's no, no way. There's <laughs> no, no way. I mean, <laughs> I mean, with Nick's luck, yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> the game devs are like, we like, don't know how this happened. <laughs> Desperate Nick trying to arrest a horse and throw him in prison. <laughs> Where do the cuffs go? <laughs> No, I also kind of got like uh, kind of fucked in that game because like my character, you know how you can choose like their personalities and stuff if you yes. do a custom game. So my character's thing was like she would go to bordellos when she was like stressed out. So I did. And then I got a venereal disease and then I gave it to my husband and then I pretended I didn't know how he got it. And I was like, oh, that's sad. And then <laughs> and then it morphed into bubonic plague. And I was like, mm, divorce. <laughs> <I divorced> <laughs> It it is a really amazing story generation engine. Like just like what they just the scope of that game is really impressive. Um, yeah. I, I want to pivot to uh, to talk about uh, Exile real quick because I, mm. I was reading a little bit about the show and 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 the the description. I believe I've got enough posts in here. Post 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 apocalyptic. Is that correct? Yeah, I was going for like the area of time that like Horizon Zero Dawn kind of lives in, which okay. is like. 
so far in the future, there's like some remnants of like technology, but it's, you know, it's kind of weird which pieces have survived and which haven't. And it's still kind of like futuristic primitive sort of not primitive, yeah. but like, I want to say like, like pr Puritan times kind of, but like with yeah. some technology. Water world right. times. Like water world, but on land. So land right. world. Or um, <laughs> the uh, the Zelda one where he sails. That's post, post, post. Oh, is that Ocarina of Time? Is that that one? No. Wind no, Waker. the Wind Waker. Wind Waker. Oh. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. it's um, uh, so, yeah, that's, it's funny that, like, because you mentioned Horizon, because that's what I thought of when I was reading that description. But, uh, but uh, you know, other than Horizon, like, or 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 I guess including Horizon, like, like are there like post-apocalyptic games that you either drew upon for inspiration or just a personally a fan of? I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn for sure. I'm actually yeah. replaying it right now on stream because they did the uh, PC uh, yes. availability for it and it looks very crispy. Um, so I've been, I've been playing that on PC, um, but I originally had played it on PS4 and that game is like one of my favorite, like Aloy is like one of my favorite characters ever. Um, so yeah, like that kind of, and then outside of video games, I was also kind of pulling from like, if over the garden wall was like definitely for adults. Mm. So kind of like confusing, dreamy. Right. But it, it, so it seems like it's more you're more like like setting wise and more towards what you're you're going for is less like the like it, it's it's almost like the like the the point in which period people have figured out how to survive and have started to rebuild. Yeah, for sure. It, yeah. Yeah. There's that, like little settlements setting. and like little towns. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The anime equivalent would be Dr. Stone for our listeners out there. Dr. Stone. is Wait, what's Dr. Stone all about? Oh, Dr. Stone is a show uh, about, uh, I think, 30 or 40,000 years in the future after all of society has collapsed because everybody was turned into stone by like a meteor. Uh, and anybody who survived and like kind of breaks out of being stone is either completely insane because they've been conscious for 30,000 years or they retained their identity and they are forming a new civilization. But then you realize that there have been people who woke up like 10,000 years earlier. So there are civilizations, but it's all like super primitive. And the main character has to reintroduce society to science uh, because Whoa. nobody has it anymore. So he's like, he's like a high school kid and he's like teaching people how to do like basic experiments and then they get more and more complicated. It's, Wow. I don't know. That's it's cool. an anime. It's fucking trash, but fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not sad. I'm going to watch it. Um, I don't know that I would go that far, but it is worth commenting <laughs> on. What? No, uh, I, it? I look, look, I dropped. I dropped it. I dropped it about 12 or 13 episodes in. It's a great show at first. And then you're like, oh, boy, there is a there are a lot of there's a lot of things in this that are uh, pretty unacceptable nowadays oh that, really uh, you know what I, mean? <laughs> I see i yeah. see i see mm. okay yeah okay yeah uh, yeah i see well let's let's get into let's get into this week's game maniac mansion heather take it away oh well maniac mansion is a 1987 graphic adventure video game developed and published by lucasfilm games now other games that came out in the year 1987 include contra final fantasy Zelda 2, Adventure of Link, Punch-Out, Metal Gear, Double Dragon, Mega Man. It's a great fucking year for video games. If you can imagine being in 1987 and you're like 12 to 18, 
it would have been an amazing time to like video games. And Maniac Mansion is one of those games that you would have absolutely liked. Based on text adventures like Zork or um, the adventure games like King's Quest or the other Sierra games, Maniac Mansion was different because there was a graphical interface that allowed you to have your adventure without having to type in any commands. So at the bottom of the screen is uh, look at, well, that's not one of them. (laughs) It's like, what is open, close, turn on, turn off, et cetera, et cetera. Use, use in combination with. And this was to eliminate the frustration that players had when they would input commands into a game like Zork or like, is it last week's Twilight Zone? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like last week's game, Twilight Zone, where it was like, look at, and the game would be like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, so Maniac Mansion was a solution, and it was way different and ahead of its time. There were only like one or two other graphical interface adventure games. It changed the entire genre. At the top of the game, you can choose from one of many uh Children? <laughs> are they teenagers? What are they? <laughs> They're teens. <laughs> They're teens. One of many teens. Each character in the game has their own special skill set. And so there are multiple paths to multiple endings. You are uh, infiltrating a mansion uh, where 20 years ago a meteor hit and took over the minds of the family. And now they are hellbent on taking over the world as proxies for the meteor. Is that right? Yeah. And this, uh, it, so it's, yeah, that's pretty much right. Yeah, that's right. But your friend Sally has been... Yeah, okay, great. I don't know, because I doubt myself like it's my fucking job. (laughs) Uh, So so your friend Sally has been kidnapped. You go to the mansion to rescue her. You choose three characters, and you're off to the races. Uh, It was... I mean, guys, we play a lot of shitty games on this podcast. We play a lot of of weird games on this podcast. And we play a lot of retro games on this podcast. Um... Uh, this is the first time where I've been like, I can feel how um, how much of a sea change this game was for its time. Like you right. can tell by uh, by virtue of the fact that the puzzles make sense. Like <laughs> a lot a lot of the what? No, I'm no, I, I'm I serious. agree with Like you. in King's Quest, it's like it's like you you meet a troll and it's like say my name backwards and it's like unless you have the fucking guidebook you're never going to know the backwards name of that fucking troll but in this game there are batteries in the freezer they're old batteries if you put them in the flashlight and you turn the flashlight on the flashlight will run out of batteries and it's not a mystery as to why that happened it's because the batteries were old and it said so in the description if you find a cassette tape in one place you put it in a cassette recorder in another place and then you play the cassette in a third location. And the thing that happens is that it plays so loud, it shatters a window, shatters a chandelier, and a key that is hanging on a chandelier drops to the ground so that you can collect it. Every puzzle yeah. has sort of a logical consistency. It's, look, man, I I did not expect to like this game because cause it's called Maniac Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved it. I loved it. What do you yeah. guys feel? I, I agree. I think it 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 completely holds up. And I I was familiar with this game. I played this game in the past. I've never actually finished it until this this playthrough. But I will say that puzzle in particular that you're talking about, the one where you get where you retrieve the cassette, you use it to record 
off of a phonograph, uh, like onto, and then you play it in third. Like I was like, oh, this, and you play it in a third location. I was like, that's such a like a well crafted puzzle, and it makes a complete intuitive sense. Like there's not an aspect of it where you're just like, once you figure out, you're like, oh, I see what they did, which is like the the ideal. I feel like in in game pu- puzzle solving or problem solving. Uh, but Kelly, let, let's let's start here. I mean, have you uh, were you so were you familiar with Maniac Mansion prior to this uh, prior to this episode? I had never heard of this game ever in my oh, damn wow. life. Uh, <laughs> I so I did not know about it. Um, I had played other point and click games, and I agree about what you guys have to say about, especially a lot of those retro ones, which it's kind of clear that they're just like, well, just because you can do something doesn't mean that a player is going to know that you can. Right. Right. Like a lot of times they'll be like, oh, you need to. Well, of course, you had to get that piece of chalk and put it inside of this person's pocket. And it's like, well, did you like I don't know. But this game, like there were everything was notable enough. Like if you turn on the TV, it has like uh, we will publish anything and then has the address. So then you are like, OK, that's notable. I don't quite know why yet, but like depending on how what order you do things. Um, but you're like, OK. That's notable. And then if you like, what is it? You send the demo to, 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 to those yeah. guys. So that, that ultimately you well, can, I you had can either razor s- in my yes. group and she's like of the course. music girl. Well, so here was yeah. the thing. I was going to only choose girls, but then it made you go with that main character boy. Who was he? Yeah, J- Dave. 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 Yeah. Dave the dud. Dave. I was like, not interested. <laughs> I, I like sent him into the house first and he did immediately get, captured by the nurse lady which edna Edna. i'm gonna tell you guys something i'm glad heather that you covered like what is the situation with this family because (laughs) playing the game i didn't read a summary or anything i was like i'm just gonna go in blind i want to play this game i did not understand anybody's relation to anybody like when (laughs) there's this one cut scene where like what i thought was the grandpa is talking to the nurse and he's like, daddy, it hasn't been home for, or hasn't been to dinner in weeks. And I was like, daddy, wait, (laughs) are you, is she the mom? And then he, she was like, um, don't worry about it. And he's like, and he keeps going down into the basement. Did you guys get that cutscene? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was confused by that. Yeah, a lot of the cut, and and just because you mentioned cutscene, we should note that this is that Ron Gilbert, uh, one of the the designers for this game, design, the 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 um, uh, I guess the creator of this game, and also co-created the Scum Engine with Eric Wilmunder, um, get Ron Gilbert and Gary Winnick credited with this game, but Ron Gilbert credited with uh, coming up with the term cutscene. It did not exist wow. prior to him. So it, it's a, oh. uh, it, this is a very it, like, and also just, just having cutscenes in and of itself was something of an innovation for its era, at least on the PC side. But yeah, so, so Dr. Fred, Nurse Edna and Weird Ed are your antagonists. Are Weird they? Ed is like the adult fail son. Um, Ew, and then, I don't like Yeah, that. and they're all blue. They're, they're all blue and gross uh, and, uh, and mean and nefarious. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you can get so so. Dave is I like Dave is the character you have to pick. Dave is the character who is of your three. You you can't play without Dave. And then beyond he's the that, we organizer. He's of the, the organizer, party. and it's his his girlfriend. He's you're rescuing from the basement. Um, and then you've also got in addition to that you've got Razor, the aforementioned Razor, who is the cool punk girl. I've got Bernard, who is the nerd, who is the only character who is present in the sequel. Uh, of these characters, uh, Day of the Tentacle, a game I really love. Michael, the photographer. Uh, Wendy, the aspiring author. Sid, the new wave guy. And then Jeff, the surfer dude slash Spicoli analog. 
Uh, and Jeff and Dave are the two characters who don't have unique abilities that let you to finish the game. So, like, you know, every other character has some way that you can actually solve everything. The, the, they're just kind of the ones who are just there to be warm bodies, I guess. <laughs> well, they can guard the mailbox. Exactly. Yeah, they can for, guard the mailbox yeah. and they can be thrown in the dungeon. I, I want to say playing this game, you get a sense of like the, the sense of mirth and play that must have been present in LucasArts at this time. Like you, you go into a room and there's a poster on the wall and you look at the poster and it's a Star Wars poster and you're like, oh man, what a, what a delight to be in this family in the 80s as computers are like coming into their own and people can own them at home. Like it must've been a really magical time. And also to indulge in making a game in a world where games hadn't been defined as like, this is a game and that's yes. a game and that's a game. And these are your genres. Well, like just the idea that what, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, well, reading a speak on that note, like reading about the origins of this game, they, you know, Robert, Ron Gilbert and Gary, Winnick came up with the setting and the story first, and then they were like, okay, what game should, what kind of game should this be? Like they worked backwards from like the world, which is, really? to me is just such a fascinating way to create something. It was also kind of touching on like when you mentioned the cutscene thing, I felt like this game was very unique in the point and click world in that like there were these cutscenes, and then you had to quickly act because right. like, um, you know, the guy would be like, I'm hungry. I'm going to go, uh, the, the adult fail son. He'd be like, I'm yes. hungry. I'm going to go, I'm going to go eat my dinner alone. And then he would go down into the kitchen. <laughs> and at that point I had already stolen all of his food. And so he gave up and I guess just went back to his room. I don't know what he did, but like it, that or like um, the stuff with the package where, right. you know, they deliver the package and he's coming downstairs and you have to either run to the mailbox or post someone up there. Um, so it was, I thought that was really unique. Like uh, it was like a mix of like real time having to do stuff and like just investigating, which was cool. There is a really cool uh, document that I would like to share with you guys. And that if you are listening at home, uh, you can, um, you can look this up, but the design document uh, for the game was actually shared as a poster. <gasps> uh, like you could get this poster that was a map of all of the different ways that you could move through the game and all the different locations and how they were linked to one another. And it is an awesome, awesome little document. Um, I love it. It's, That's cool. It's real cool looking, isn't it, guys? That's it's so really cool. cool. And it also like shows... I'm sure you've played games in which you're like, these people did not care about what they were doing. And like yeah, this game last week, this game, like people really cared and like you can yeah. tell in playing it and seeing that is really cool. I also, I love, look, I, I get that THX 1138 was like, okay, first THX is the sound system in all the movies in like the 1990s. And the THX sound was like, oh, it's THX. But like the code 1138 shows up in nearly everything that is like Lucas involved. And it was really, I was like, hey, there's the code. We <laughs> had to enter it into uh, a panel. Also, I feel like in uh, Lucas games or Lucas anything, like if anybody asks you for a number, like if you ever get sucked into the world and they're like, hey, what's, what's your dad's social security number? What's his last four digits? <laughs> Always just say 1138. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the, uh, so the, the, uh, we mentioned the, the kids that you can play. We mentioned the family, uh, but the, we should also talk about the tentacles. There's the nefarious the tentacles. purple tentacle and then green tentacle, who is basically just an aspiring rock musician slash party dude, uh, who you, you have to feed at one point because he's an, he's an, uh, he's gating. But then once you do that, uh, then you can kind of interact with them and you just kind of get this, oh, he's this kind of like lonely, depressed guy who wants to make it big in the music business. Um, it's, a. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, th- these characters are really cool. And then, and also they are, you know, present in the sequel day of the tentacle, uh, where, you know, the purple tentacle is the main antagonist of that game. Um, and, uh, and green tentacle again re- is kind of this party dude ally. Uh, but I, I, I love the tentacles and I think it also just kind of speaks to like the world building and the storytelling of just like, oh, these are cool. Like these are cool, unique characters that aren't just like generic aliens, you know? Yeah. They were funny. Yeah. 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 Everything had personality. Like even the even the kids, even though they don't like say stuff, the fact that if you choose like one dude and you go up and try and play a piano, you can't play the piano. But if you choose the punk girl, Mm -hmm. she can play the piano like that's that that feels magical in a game this old. Like it feels like if I mean, like if Pac-Man talked to the ghosts and each of them had a personality, it'd be fucking amazing. Yeah, it, it it reminds me of like um even like recent games uh like where for example um uh like any of the Dragon Age games if there's like locks or something you have to have a rogue in your group so that way they can unlock the lock and it's it's something that I feel it's like it's it's such a holdover from like D and D or something it's yeah. cool. Well, it, it, that you know, they did originally. You know, I talked about how they kind of came up with a setting and story, and and you know, Heather shared that that design, that uh, map of everything on paper. But yeah, they were originally con- they were conceiving this in its first form as like a pen and paper, you know, RPG. And so it does kind of have to those elements of like all the characters having their unique roles in this story uh, and their unique abilities as well. Because yeah, that also speaks to how you can ultimately win the game. Um, so I, the, uh, to me, I think the ending that's the, the most fun is the one you get with Bernard, who is kind of the Poindexter stereotypical eighties nerd, uh, character who is able to, um, fix a radio and then can use that to call the meteor police, the meteor police show up and arrest the meteor. And that takes you into the end game, which is just a whole really fun sequence. And also just speaking to the level of care that went in and craft that went into this game is like. You can call the meteor police. They can. It takes a certain amount of real time for them to show up, but also in that time, you can win in a different way, and then the meteor police show up in that ending to also arrest uh, the the uh, the meteor, which is just like it's just like ah, like I love that they thought of it to that degree. There are also different endings based on whether um, Dave is uh, the main character is alive or dead because kids can die in this game. They can. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and should. <laughs> uh, it's a. Did you guys? I mean, we we talked about Razor. Did you guys have any any? I mean, I I definitely uh, glom onto Bernard partly because of his presence in the sequel. But I mean, do you, do you guys have any of the other characters you responded to? I mean, both. Uh, both of the times that we started over again, because I played I played with Mary and. Very, very infrequently do we play a game on this podcast. Mary looks over my shoulder and goes, what are you playing? And then wants to play it. Never before has she then downloaded the (gasps) Steam store and bought the game herself so that she could play it without me. Uh, That's how much this game like really fucking rocks. But yeah, uh, only only characters we really had 
uh, felt anything for were were Razor. Like that's it. The, you know, all the rest of them. Come on, man. Man, I mean, Razor's like, so cool. Razor was really cool. So cool. I like included Annie. Right, she's the book one. Oh yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or w- Wendy I, is the bookworm. Yeah. Yeah, because like okay, every time I usually squat up for like any type of thing, I'll always do like all the all the all the ladies because I yeah why you know so I you know <laughs> so I it was them two and then what is his name the main Dave Dave so it was them two <laughs> and Dave. Um, but I primarily like did the things that I cared about with Razor because I, yeah. I wanted to protect her and I wanted to like do her ending and and Annie seemed nice but boring and then Dave was like instantly in the dungeon all the time. So. <laughs> um, it's a uh, yeah because you can switch between you can hot swap between these if we haven't clarified that hot swap between these kids at any time, which makes for some like nifty little puzzle moments. Like you know you you push a gargoyle to open a secret door, but that has to stay pushed, so you have to switch to a second second kid to go in to go through that door to get to the basement. Um, there's all sorts of, you know, we talked about the, the events that are, that are timed. Like for instance, you drain a pool with one character. However, you only have a limited amount of real time before, uh, the house explodes because the water is being used to cool the, uh, the, you know, nuclear generator, nuclear power generator they have in their lab. So it's, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a, that's a fun element of the puzzle design as well. Um, I also wanted to, there, there are a couple of other things that are just notable in this game that have kind of endured. Uh, I don't know if you did these or not, but one of them is, one of them you no doubt stumbled upon, which is just the phrase tuna head, which is, <laughs> which is an insult that's used in the game in both the intro and the outro mm-hmm. that I don't think I've ever seen anywhere else, but it's like a thing that I remember from this game is just calling people tuna head. I've heard tuna head in like, okay, this is going to sound weird and I don't know if it's real, but like in stuff made in the eighties, that's like set in an older time. I'm just picturing like a guy Mm. being like, yeah, tuna head, like that kind of thing. Oh, okay. So like that to me seemed familiar because of that, but also that could just be a fake thing that I invented in my brain. (laughs) Um, there's also the uh, the other the infamous thing from this game that actually because re- so this was originally released for uh you know for home computers and then got uh, ported to the NES and very well regarded on the NES even though it's kind of a you know it it, it it's not a full f- it's it's got some limitations on that hardware uh, but there's an element that is retained in the NES version despite the sensors which is you can take Weird Ed's hamster uh, from his room which you have to pick up this hamster anyway to retrieve a key card underneath it. Uh, but then you can put that hamster in the microwave, run the microwave and explode the hamster and then give the hamster's remains back to weird Ed and he will murder you in rage. The fact <laughs> that you can present the corpse of this man's yes. pet to him like is so nefarious. This game is like kind of like a little bit scary. Like it's yes. a little it's a little bit, you know, uh, rated teen for like gore and violence or something like in my brain it's it, it was a little I was like oh I just didn't know what to expect at all because I didn't read anything about it so I was like maniac mansion we're gonna go in this house and then there was like blood everywhere and I was like oh <laughs> this game is <laughs> no different. I, I think it's definitely you know it's definitely like a an ode to like campy you know b-movie horror slash like a you know like a, you could see in a, a hard r horror comedy being made in this era that had the same sort of thing in fact they yes. actually i think they made a tv series yes. off of maniac mansion that i'm not familiar with at all 
Well, no, I'm I'm not either. Also, this was based on a movie that the designers saw where a bunch of kids went into a mansion and are murdered one by one. And apparently the designers were like, why don't they just leave? Why don't they leave the mansion? Why are they staying in the mansion? <laughs> I read that there was a family channel uh, adaptation of Maniac Mansion produced in the 90s, actually. Uh, Here, let me let me pull it up on Wikipedia. Um, Based in part on the video game, the series focuses on the Edison family's life and stars Joe Flattery as Dr. Fred. Uh, The writing staff was led by Eugene Levy. And what? We him from uh, Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, upon its debut, the adaptation received positive reviews from Variety, Entertainment Weekly, and the LA Times. Time named it as one of the year's best new series. Uh, and Ken Tucker of Entertainment Weekly questioned the decision to air the series on the Family Channel, given the subversive humor. The series lasted subversive. for three seasons. 66 episodes were filmed. <gasps> Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how I, I remember hearing about the show. I don't know how uh, uh, like how much of it is just like a spiritual like, six, you know, uh, homage or how much of it is an actual like straight adaptation. of. I think it's pretty loose, but Le- Levy's also in it, right? I think he's in it. I, I have no idea. Um, I but mean, yeah, I think it was a big Canadian thing. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, we should get to our final thoughts on Maniac Mansion, the game. It's time for our review crew. <laughs> So we'll say something positive about this game and give it a numerical decimal rating one by one. Should I do like a werewolf thing? Oh, for Halloween, like (laughs) like a like review. Oh, pretty good. Like that? That's so good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Great. 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 Well, (laughs) moving forward, and okay, we only have two episodes left in horror month. What do we call it? Slade month. (laughs) We only. Wait, we don't have a name for the month. I'm never going to fucking do that again. I'm never going to remember it. It's over. (laughs) It's done. Go ahead. Just next time, do a Dracula or something. There we go. (laughs) Uh, I'll go first. Uh, My positive thing is not something specific about this game, but something related to this game and how you play it on modern hardware, which is Scum VM. I mentioned earlier Scum in passing the engine for this game. Script Creation Utility for Maniac Mansion is the acronym that Eric Wilmender and, and Ron Gilbert created. And it is a it, it's it's was used for a lot of Lucasfilm games later uh, rebranded as LucasArts games. Uh, a lot of graphic adventures of the era were, were based off of Scum and Scum VM is a fan made project that keeps a lot of these graphic adventures playable. Like a lot of people, you just wouldn't have been able to play a lot of these, including the Steam version uh, that is available. Maniac Mansion is running off of Scum VM. So it, it's it, it's and it's not just Lucasfilm games or LucasArts games that are on it. A bunch of a bunch of classic Sierra games are on that. A bunch of other ones by other developers. Uh, so it's just it's just an awesome thing that exists. And it's one of those things that like gives you some like hope for humanity that people could like come together and be like, oh, we like these games. Let's find a way so other people can play them for. And we're just gonna do it on our own for free. I'm just like, fuck. That's so fucking 
I wish I was that noble. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I'm, uh, ScumVM is awesome. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad people can play Maniac Mansion. I hope uh, if you if you have the time and you're looking for something to play and you're interested in it, you give it a go because it really does hold up for a game in, in, that, that was made in 1987 in, in 2020. It really does hold up well. There was a, fee, a free fan remake, Maniac Mansion Deluxe. You can download if you don't want to uh, pay for it. And uh, it's, uh, it, but I, I think this game is awesome, and it's and it's really fun. Uh, and it, you know, I think if you view it as this is like kind of the to to, to use a very to, to you know to use a platformer like if it, what Super Mario Brothers was for you know Super Mario Brothers three and Super Mario World, this game kind of is for like you know your Secret of Monkey Islands and your uh your your Day of the Tentacles, your graphic adventures that came later that were a little bit more refined. But everything is as as Heather so uh, so adroitly pointed out is so is is pioneered in in this game. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give this a, a nine point five. Uh, Heather, go for it. Holy cow, nine point five out of ten. Yeah, well, it's out well, of a million. out of a million. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, a lot. So I've said this already, but a lot of the time that we've been playing these games from you know twenty fucking years ago, except it's more than that. It's forty years. How old is this game? It's like thirty five years. years old, right? Yeah. That's a long time. Like if you were watching in the 90s, if you were watching shit from the 60s, it's a long time ago. True. And in the same way, in 2020, to be playing Maniac Mansion and to still marvel at the design is uh, is impressive. And I was impressed and charmed and uh, soothed by the puzzles. Like it was not off-putting. Um, I... Would not, I don't think I'm the kind of person who would finish this game and then start it over again with other characters. But the temptation of knowing that there are multiple endings, like there weren't multiple endings to King's Quest. It just ended, you know? This game just demonstrates so much love and so much passion for what it is. And like seeing the drawings that those dudes made in order to make this game and knowing that you could buy those maps like you could mail in an index card or, you know, like a postage, you know, like shit that you would tear out of a magazine back in print media days and like get the po- I, I, I just feel so much warmth for this game and I am going to give it a nine. Wow. It's a nine. Very good score. Matt Apodaca. So I think I, I, I didn't dislike playing this, but I don't think that these are my favorite kind of games. I don't like uh, like text adventures. I don't like clicking around and pointing. I like doing stuff. And like you're doing stuff by pointing and clicking. That's the mechanism with which you do. But I don't like, I don't know. There's, there's something about this genre that's not for me, but I will say I did enjoy this more than other ones we've done. Um, and uh, my positive thing is that every time I read Meteor Police, I laughed. I think the, the idea that there is a branch of law enforcement for meteors is great. That's really fun. I, I love that. And I, it, I was also shocked on how many different things I was able to get it going on. I, I was running it on my laptop. I was then running it uh, on this uh, iMac that uh, Heather gave me. And I, it's great. It runs really well uh, on Steam on that, um, on that thing that, <laughs> Nick was talking about that I forgot the words for Scum VM. Uh, Scum VM. Um, but I, you know, I enjoyed myself 
to the extent that I could without feeling like I knew what I was doing at any point. Uh, so I'll give I'll give this I'll give this a seven point five. Wow, that's respectable. Uh, that's- yeah. Respectable. For a genre you despise. Considering, yeah, <laughs> considering you hate the, this type of game. <laughs> uh, 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 Kelly, uh, your turn. Something positive, your score. Um, So I really enjoyed playing this game. Like I said, like the puzzles were something that, like the details of notable things that you were supposed to like take note of, I thought were silly enough and 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 interesting enough that you would remember it for later um and the fact that i enjoyed playing this game even though i did not know how to save i could not figure out for the life of me how to save this wow. game wow how did you save what do you click f5 but it's not it's not well documented I, and I, I, also how did you get I texted, through it i texted nick and I was like, how the fuck do you save in this game? So the only reason I knew is was because, because Nick told Nick me. Told you. <laughs> and Nick is sitting here acting like it's such common knowledge. Duh, it's fine. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that it would be like the same as a quick save for like any other game. Fine. <laughs> so, listen, so I was very frustrated at times because um, I would try and run away from Edna and like wouldn't click on the door to go through it. So I would just like get stuck by the fridge and then she right. would just get me. Um, but I still had a lot of fun and oh my God, the, uh, the opening music is so fucking good, dude. I was like jamming out to the theme music. It was so tight. So for those reasons, the saving thing was my own fault. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll give it a I'll give it an eight I'll give it an eight. Wow, very good score. Yeah, those were those are pretty good scores. Mm-hmm. D- but you know, Heather, maybe we're wrong. Nick, is the segment called "Maybe We Were Wrong"? What do you mean? <laughs> I I mean, are you asking what the contraction is? If it's "We Are" or "We Were," because I've never wait. thought about that. Well, no, I believe the theme song that plays in the episode, we've been doing it wrong for our, for forever. We've, we were wrong about our own segment, which is we, maybe we were wrong. You have a little stinger that says maybe we were wrong. Yeah. Devin has never listened to an episode of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Why would I? (laughs) Um, It's maybe we were wrong. Not maybe yeah. we're wrong. But I think maybe we're wrong is a contraction of maybe we is maybe we're. You think that we in weird. this yeah. world of English, we were. Wait, so you think that there exists the word we're to mean we were? <laughs> we're, maybe we're. I, I uh, maybe, sure. <laughs> like if someone says we're going to the store and you're like, oh, you are? And it's like, no, we already did. <laughs> mm. Weir went to the store. No! <laughs> we're at the store in the past. Yeah, we're at the store. So someone texts you like, where are you? And you're like, we're at the store. But yeah. now we're at the library. Yes, yeah. <laughs> All right, we were wrong about that. Maybe we were wrong. It is now Maybe on. Maybe we were wrong. I was going to say, as the person that hears it the most, probably next to Devin and then the listeners... Um, I had the same understanding of it as Nick. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, considering it's how did this get slayed, maybe it should be 
Maybe we wear wolf for this oh, month. Oh, there we go. That'll fix it. <laughs> Jesus. I've got a Game Facts review. We've got reviews from other sources that perhaps disagree with us. I've got a Game Facts review by Ryan VG. Four out of ten. Not even a maniac should play this game. Stop. Arrested. Illegal. <laughs> meteor police. <laughs> I'm calling the meteor police. <laughs> Apparently the people who ported Maniac Mansion to the NES were on drugs because this game is poor. <laughs> I wanted Rival Turf or River City Ransom for my birthday one year, and all I got was this crappy little game. During the early to mid-1990s, I was really into fighting games that involved punching and kicking the evil criminal bad guys into oblivion. I had no interest in adventure games when my grandma and grandpa bought me this game. This game is so bad that I don't even discuss this game much in public. What? Like, it's a secret? <laughs> I guess, <yeah. laughs> Also, Secrets like, out, this, Ryan VG. This game is maybe not for you then. It's like when yeah. people leave a bad review of like a podcast and they're just like, I don't like people talking. One star. <laughs> I was like, well, this is not for you then. I don't think. <laughs> I've got a review here from the Steam store, which is more reasonable a negative review than uh, we typically read on this show. Uh, it's from Dylan. He played for 0.7 hours. Um, <laughs> Dylan writes, I get that Maniac Mansion was very important for video games as a storytelling medium at the time of its release. I also understand that there are plenty of people who like to play classic video games to better understand how the mediums developed or just out of sheer curiosity. If you're one of these people, then you'll get out of Maniac Mansion exactly what you expect to get out of it. For everyone else, especially those unfamiliar with just how primitive and unpleasant a lot of old video games can be, this game will be an irritating exercise in ridiculous, unknowable puzzle design and finicky controls that you'd really just be better off avoiding altogether. Obviously, this isn't to say LucasArts was a bad developer or that they could have done a better job of developing this game considering what tools were available in the late 80s, but I really don't think saying that this game is good for its time is helpful to anyone living in the modern day. Maybe this game is fantastic for 1987, but since that was more than 30 years ago, that means less than nothing to anyone looking to pick it up today. I don't hate it or even think that its importance is overstated, but I do very much think that people who are playing it just now for the first time are going to regret doing so. Again, that was written by Matt Apodaca. <laughs> Matt Apodaca. I forgot that I wrote that and used my real name <laughs> <laughs> i mean i just feel like that person just hasn't played enough bad games because like if they think that this is unbearable like i beg there is a world of games in which they should try yeah yeah, yeah. there are definitely games from this era that have aged much worse than than, yeah. than maniac match they're hard to even like understand what's going on um or just punishingly difficult uh, heather do you have any more Mm, I mean, I have one one other one, uh, which is um, a single for a single line forum post uh, from NeoGAF in 2006. Uh, it is about an entire, uh, uh, entirely different game. Uh, so the the post starts with, "I love this game. Ever since my dad bought the entire LucasArts collection back in the day, I prefer it to Sam and Max or even Monkey Island. Maniac Mansion sucks, though." <laughs> <laughs> 
an unrelated <laughs> unrelated title in the Lucasfilm <laughs> anthology. And they're like, they they had to take it take Maniac Mansion down a notch. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Hey, it's time for the question block. Ding! All right. This one's from at Brett Berliner on Twitter. Maniac Mansion is one of the first games I ever encountered that had multiple ways to beat the game. What is your favorite alternate way to be- complete a game? I always thought it was genius in Far Cry 4 when the villain asks you to wait. If you do, you get an alternate ending. Yeah, that's one. That's a, I think that's one that's, that happens. I haven't played this, but I've heard about this. It happens very early in the game where you have like like you can just wait out him returning and then if he does you like win immediately. It's just like a kind of a, like mm. a clever little easter egg ending, but it's not really a, like a proper ending of the game. Um that's a good question. Anything come to mind multiple endings, ones in, ter- in in terms of how you get them? Um we we've talked about how to beat Big Boss before in Metal Gear Solid 3. This is not the an alternate ending, but I was just reading today that there, there's a point early in the game where you can snipe him before even that encounter. So you could kill him very early in the game um, if you're if you're quick enough. Do you mean um, the end? Was, who, oh, the talk, end. You said yes. big boss. Yeah, yeah. I, I meant yeah, the end. You could you can kill him early, even earlier than that. That's right. I love I love shit like that. I love when yeah. they're like you know. Uh, kind of like solutions that are discovered later. I, you know, you, it's, it's not necessarily uh, the, the one that I always think of in terms of different endings is chrono trigger, just cause it's so, it's so infamous and it's just, it's got so many endings and they're all kind of, you know, a lot of them are satisfying in their different ways. Although if you ask me to recall, like how you trigger the different endings, I'd have to look it up because that's that's all kind of faded from my memory, but it is I, like, I do think it's really cool when that stuff is in there. Um, uh, anything come to mind, Heather Kelly? Any 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 multiple endings? Well, Silent Hill Two has an infamous alternate ending where uh, I think it's just a dog at a computer, and oh, after yes, you've yeah. been through this like horrible, horrible journey, to just see a dog at a computer is kind of kind of great. Um, it's not quite an alternate ending, but one of my favorite things in say Demon Souls is cheesing a boss with bows and arrows that you're not supposed to have any business <laughs> cheesing your way through. Like it, there's a, there's a dragon on a bridge and you are definitely not supposed to go to the encounter. Like first thing it like blasts you with fire and typically you die, but you can stand just outside the range <laughs> of his flames. And like, if you've just wailed on a bunch of like lower level enemies and have tons of money, you can arrow <laughs> arrow the dragon with like basic arrows and then he like clears out a path that you're not supposed to be able to clear until significantly later i think that that kind of like branch breaking should count as alternate endings because it's like an alternate way to get to the ending right but also i'm just i'm fucking talking uh and i don't i'm sorry why? That wasn't even the question. <gasps> I just went. But I liked that tip. We liked it. We all liked it. We all were happy. Okay. Okay. okay great. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, do what I that's do. Apologize right. to the audience in your head. Yeah. Oh, I. I that's nonstop. For me. That's <laughs> nonstop. 
You're doing great. Um, I yeah, I always I you know did a, a very recent example just in terms of structure, but I think Breath of the Wild just like the flexibility of you can go you can fight Ganon at any time basically once you finish mm-hmm. that initial plateau. I think is I, I I like designs like that. I think that's really cool. You can decide how much of the game you want to see before you get to the end, um, and and develop your own challenge runs that way. Uh, Kelly, anything come to mind? I mean, any any Bioware game, there's like uh at least two endings right like for like dragon age inquisition you can like side with the mages or side with the templars which like if you side with the templars you are a fucking narc i don't know why you would ever do that <laughs> side with the mages. um and well because like the mages are like we want to be free and do magic and the templars are like we want to stop that <laughs> so it's like why would you um or like i was playing re- and this is not a recent game but i played it recently and it was the stanley parable um, oh yeah and that game has like huh. a million endings it's really fun yes uh i i played it like for the first time like beginning of the year maybe 2019 actually uh time has no meaning um but <laughs> that game has a million endings and and some of them are like so like weird and i love games that that don't care about being super weird i love yeah. a game that's like like I, yeah. this will be the strangest thing you play we we covered Stanley Parable for the podcast uh, earlier, and and that was my first time playing. And yeah, similarly, like I love I love just all the different. Like, some of the endings are just like completely batshit. There's one ending where you like are just basically taken into a museum about the game's development, yeah, which is just like yeah. gloriously meta and creative, and also just like interesting to see. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I fucking I fucking ate that shit up. Um, yeah, I love that stuff. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram with your questions at GetPlayedPotter. Send us an email at GetPlayedPot at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAYED. That is 616-275-2933. We should play a voicemail at some point, Matt. If anyone calls, I'll get no some voicemails. Calling, huh? That's the issue. Uh, no, there, uh, yeah, there's a, there was a guy named uh, Rat Rapadaka that called. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Kelly Nugent, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, the podcast is Exile. It's available now. Tell us about that. Anything else you would like to plug? Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Um, Exile is a horror narrative podcast that I wrote and performed and mixed. Uh, everything but the music who is done by the very talented Annalise Nelson. Um, it is a story of uh, in the post 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 apocalyptic future. A young woman is exiled uh, from her religious enclave of Haven for a crime that she did not commit. Uh, fearing being forgotten, she decides to head back through the wilds, back to Haven, and on the way, she has to deal with monsters both real and in her memory, and learns a little bit more about why she was exiled and her relationships and blah, blah, blah. Awesome. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's just like a dreamy, dreamy, sad horror. <laughs> That's what it nice. is. Like uh, life. Like life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so check it out. It's wherever podcasts can be found. And uh, you can find me on all social media at uh, Kelly Nugy, K-E-L-L-Y-N-U-G-E-E. Oh, and I stream. Sorry, twitch.tv slash Kelly Nugy. I stream games. Check that out. And Matt, tell us next week's game. Next week's game, Carrion. See you in hell, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Morgan. <laughs> Christ. Ha, 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 